Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620-CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Brought to you by Seedmasters Nova Series 2. No clever message, just simple, no-nonsense precision. Learn more about the features at Seedmaster.ca. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today, the CEO of Canadian Western Agribession talks about a new shareholder program being launched early in the new year. A limited number of shares will be offered, entitling the owner to lifetime discounts on entry fees and other benefits at Agribition. Agribition was cancelled this fall due to COVID-19. And we will have a special Agribition show tomorrow. During the flea market, Chris Lane, the CEO, will join me and Gloria Evans to talk about Agribition past highlights, current issues around COVID-19, and next year's big show. Aggravation was cancelled this fall due to COVID-19. The University of Saskatchewan Crop Development Centre has led a worldwide effort to genetically map 15 wheat varieties, and we have the results. Real Agriculture talks about tariffs on fertiliser. We have a market outlook on wheat, barley and cattle, and a feature on the Canadian Food Grains Bank. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by JGL Commodities, proudly serving Saskatchewan agribusinesses for over 40 years. Looking to market your grain? Call JGL Commodities Today, 306-624-2378. 620 CKRM will have a special feature tomorrow morning on Canadian Western Agribition. CEO Chris Lane will join Gloria Evans and myself on the flea market to discuss highlights of Canadian Western Agribition, both past, present, and what the future holds. We'll be on the air from 9 to 10 a.m. to relive some of the highlights of Agribition's 50 years in Regina. It is unusually quiet this week at Regina Exhibition Park. The park would normally be bustling with cattle for Agribition, but the Grey Cup and Agribition have been cancelled this year to do COVID-19. Agribition CEO Chris Lane says the organization has set up a digital marketing service to connect livestock exhibitors and trade show representatives with buyers around the world. He adds Agribition features one sale. Over 200 commercial cattle will be sold Saturday in a partnership with Johnstone's Auction Mart in Moose Jaw. He adds Agribition is setting up a new program to offer a new lifetime shareholder program. Our shareholder program is something that uh, we're going to be able to launch um, probably early 2021 here. Um, this is really a way for um, you know people who, who, who want to own a little piece of, of agribition and a piece of a VIP experience. What we've tried to do here is build a, a collection of benefits and whether that's discounts or uh, special VIP access to our events. You know, for the lifetime of that shareholder, um, 
in a way, you know, to celebrate our 50th and to give the people who have supported us through uh, all of the years of Agribition success, you know, just one more way to be recognized and one more one more way to maybe set them apart as a as a foundational um, builder and participant in what Agribition has become. So it is a very limited uh, club. Um, I think it's going to be around 100 shares that uh, we're going to be able to to issue for people and really the idea is that it's a package of, of benefits and um, VIP celebration of their connection with Agribition. Has the price been set yet? No, it hasn't been set yet. We're still assembling sort of the best values and the things that we think would, would mean the most to the people that this is geared towards. So once we get that all sorted out, we'll uh, come up with a price. And the idea is, uh, you know, is um, you know, not to make a bunch of money off it, but you know, to create some value for folks as they go forward through their entire lifetime. And when do you hope to offer these? The idea is that these would be available starting in uh, early 2021. Tell me a little bit about the impact of COVID-19 on agribition. Wow, a little bit about the impact of COVID-19 on agribition. There's, um, you know, I don't think that there's been a, a tougher challenge that this organization has faced. You know, we've had, a, you know, a history of always rising to the challenge, whether that's around finances or buildings or facilities. Um, or attendance or growth in recent years. Our biggest challenge has been how do we grow um, the, at our pace. But, you know, COVID-19 is, is a different ballgame altogether. I think it really challenged the idea of providing programs and tools and, and really getting at the core of what Agribition has been built on and what it's here to do. You know, how do we serve the agriculture industry? How do we serve the, the beef cattle sector more specifically? Um, and how do we make sure that we manage this in a way that allows us to come through on the other side. You know, Agribition is a nonprofit. We're not an ag society, though. So, and you know, our our viability depends on on our ability to go to the marketplace and 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 present ourselves as something worth investing in. So, when you take away the event side of that and the revenue generation that comes with that, we really do have to get down to the brass tacks um, in a year like 2020 and say, what you know, what can we do? What should we do? And how do we do it in a way responsible enough to um, make sure that there's still an aggravation at the end of this? So, you know, it's been tough to lose the event. We're talking about a time of the year right now where the grounds should be, you know, full and busy. And, um, you know, we should be struggling with, with managing the number of people and animals on the grounds. And, and right now that's, um, it's feeling pretty empty here at aggravation and it's feeling a little bit empty in our hearts. But that's, you know, we've steeled ourselves for that. We know that it's important for us to get through this and come back in 2021 ready and strong and, and ready to celebrate 50 years, and we will do that. Chris Lane is the CEO of Canadian Western Agribition, and once again, we'll have a special feature, special program with Chris tomorrow during the flea market from 9 to 10 in the morning. We'll be talking about Agribition past, present, and future. Back in a moment. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Selford Group. Call your Selford equipment dealer or visit selfordgroup.com. The University of Saskatchewan says a landmark study has completed the Atlas for Genetic Mapping for Global Wheat Improvement. Grain Commission research scientist Sean Wakowiak says the genetic sequencing for 15 wheat varieties will lead to improved influential genes for improved yield, pest resistance, and other important crop traits. The project uh, describes the genome sequences of 15 wheat lines from around the world, including two Canadian wheat cultivars, CDC Landmark and CDC Stanley. 
The project was a yeah, major undertaking. It involved around 100 scientists from across North America, Europe, and Asia. And it's really exciting for us here at home in Canada because we had a strong leadership role in the project. Dr. Curtis Posniak from the University of Saskatchewan was uh, the project lead. Um, yeah, so to give you maybe some history on the project, you know, as scientists, we're always working towards improving wheat to keep up with the increases in food demand and challenges in crop production. Um, and, you know, for example, diseases and pests and changes in climate. And breeding is an important component of that uh, strategy to improve wheat. Uh, the wheat genomes from this study are an important leap forward, like you said, uh, for the wheat community because um, they can be used to identify genes and differences in the DNA that can be used uh, in research and breeding to develop new cultivars with improved genetics. How do farmers benefit from this new genetic mapping? Yeah, so you know, having these resources available, you know, allows the breeders to be more efficient in how they operate, um, and can let them, you know, take on more challenging tasks of bringing in uh, new genes, uh, so that in the end, you know, the farmers are going to have uh, cultivars that have the the best genetics possible. So this is for like improving the type of disease resistance, uh, drought proofing, and yield improvement. Yep. Yeah, so, you know, breeders are always working on all of it, and it's hard to get that combination of uh, genes just right when they're trying to improve crops. And you, they have to make, you know, challenging decisions as to, you know, which parents they want to cross, which genes they want to select for that they think might work best in their in their germplasm or in, in the plants that they're working with. And um, these genomes can, can help them uh, make those decisions because, you know, they have a lot of information on the genes that might be available to them. You said this was a big international effort. What countries were involved? There were countries, uh, let's see, uh, there was, the UK was involved, uh, there was uh, Switzerland, the US, uh, Germany, uh, Japan was involved as well. I feel bad, I know I'm leaving somebody out here, but you know, there was uh, about a hundred of us that were all working together on it. And um, it was a, take us a lot of years of uh, working together and like I said um, two of the wheat lines that were sequenced were Canadian and uh, the project was uh, led by Curtis uh, Posniak uh, here at home. So the big advantage is then for the world population in the future is just more more wheat, more, more bread available to feed a growing world population. Yeah, so you know it's about having the best resources at our disposal to do research and breeding for wheat and the genomes are a major component to that. Just having the DNA sequences available uh, and being able to compare them between the different breeding programs so that we can really get at which genes might be the best ones to, to make uh, a superior cultivar. Research scientist Sean Wachowiak was involved at the Crop Development Centre in Saskatoon for the genetic mapping of wheat varieties. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. 
Sean Haney here with RealAgriculture.com and Real Ag Radio on Rural Radio 147 on Sirius XM. I'm talking right now to Josh Linville. He's with StoneX. He's their director of fertilizer. Josh, how are you? I'm doing well today. Yourself? Hey, pretty good. Okay, we got an announcement that came out of the Department of Commerce. It's been an announcement that people in the fertilizer industry have been waiting for for a while. It has to do with tariffs applied to phosphate manufactured in Russia and Morocco. Give us the details. Yeah, so it's been a bit of a soap opera. This uh, this whole thing started back on June 28th, and we're uh, a U.S.-based uh, phosphate production company named Mosaic had announced they were going to seek countervailing duties against Moroccan and Russian-produced uh, tons. So what has happened is yesterday was the date when the Department of Commerce had to come out with their preliminary duty decision, what the duty rate was going to be. And they had come out yesterday saying, we will make our decision, but the market won't find out about it until early next week, which was kind of an unprecedented event, but the market got over it. And then today, earlier, they came out and changed their mind, I guess, and came out with these rates. And what it, the long and short of it is the rates are very high. Uh, Morocco is looking at duty rates, which are about 23.5%, and Russia uh, produced tons anywhere from 21% all the way up to a staggering 72.5%. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> that that that. Okay, so now, as you mentioned, this has been anticipated for a while. Now, mm-hmm. how will this impact prices going forward? I, I guess that's you know that's what a lot of farmers across you know Canada and the U.S. that that's what they're focused on here right now. How do, how does this impact prices? Well, and that's the thing. We're we're still kind of trying to figure out the uh, the nuances of it. If you if you look at the forward paper on the the paper markets. Today, it reacted significantly higher. Uh, we saw values jump up anywhere from 15 to $20 per short ton higher than where they were the previous day. I, I guess, personally speaking, I am struggling a little bit with this um, because when you look at these duty rates, it's not as though we're shutting down world production. Our overall global production remains the exact same. But what this duty does is it just puts in the face inefficient trade flows. So the Morocco and Russians, if they decide not to come to the U.S., they're going to go target other demand around the world. And that demand that used to be taken care of by, let's say, like the Saudi Arabians or the Australians, well, they're going to sit there and say, well, I don't want to compete with these guys head-to-head. Where where am I going to go? And we here in the U.S. are going to be holding our hand up saying, hey, we're a premium price. We'll take your product. And the thing I'm struggling with right now is that when I look at it, We've actually been acting since the 1st of October. We've actually been trading as though this duty rate was already in place. We've not seen Morocco. We've not seen Russia coming directly to the U.S. market. We've been getting our supplies coming in from the Australians, from the Egyptians, from the Saudi Arabians, the Mexicans. And if you look at our year-to-date import-export balance since July 1st, we're only about 45,000 ton behind where we were at the same time last year, with the difference being Demand was significantly higher this fall than anybody ever anticipated back in Q3. And we've seen this shifting trade pattern story before. I think of when, when uh, the 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 first issues with the trade war between the U.S. and China. Um, you know, we had we had some some U.S. beans going to Argentina to to backfill some of their supplies they exported. It just sort of it reconfigures where where those ships are going in in the patterns, and you know, we, we refer to that as you know soybean laundering. I, I guess that's mm-hmm. that's where we're kind of at at this point. The the market finds a way, right? 
Of course it does. Anytime that that's the great thing about a capitalistic market at a certain price, you will find what you need. And that's what we've done here in the U S market. We've got our price high enough versus the world that we found the product that we needed to take care of our fall demand. Um, and an interesting thing I saw happen here a few weeks ago, Morocco, I believe it was for the first time actually shipped the vessel to Australia at the same time, Australia announced another vessel that was headed towards the U S it's a classic arbitrage opportunity. Um, Australia can sit there and say, I can make a few dollars in between by taking these guys who can go to the U.S., and I can, I'll play that game all day long. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. The 620 CKRM farm weather, mainly cloudy sky, 60% chance of light snow, wind northwest 40, gusting to 60, the high today minus 2, the low minus 8. Friday, partly cloudy, wind west 30, the high plus 3, wind chill minus 9 tomorrow morning, the low minus 4. Saturday, sunny and windy with a high plus 2. Evening, 30% chance of flurry Saturday with a low minus 11. Sunday, sunny, the high minus 5, the low minus 8. Monday, sunny, the high plus 2, the low minus 6. Tuesday, sunny, the high minus 3, the low minus 9. Wednesday, sunny sky, the high 0. Normal high is minus 5, the normal low minus 15. The sun rose at 8.31 this morning. It sets at 5.01 tonight. And around the province, we have a hot spot. Estevan again today, 0. The cold spot up north, Uranium City, minus 20. Once again, Estevan is 0. Saskatoon, minus 8. Swift Current, minus 5. Weyburn and Yorkton, both minus 2. Regina, light snow and minus 4, that's 25 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the northwest at 37, gusting to 51. Humidity, 78%, the barometer rising 101.3. Cloudy in Moose Jaw, minus 4. Winds are from the northwest at 35, gusting to 48. Once again, Regina, light snow and minus 4, that's 25 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. A grain market analyst says barley prices continue on a strong pace. Errol Anderson of ProMarket Communications says barley prices are making it difficult for feedlots to make any profit. Well, the barley market's been absolutely smoking hot in Lethbridge. Uh, we've seen the uh, January bids, um, for delivered bids up to 278 That's $6 a bushel delivered in. Uh, you look out into April and the bids uh, are right up to 292 delivered in. That's 635 per bushel. Um, now, it doesn't make a, a lot of sense feeding cattle at those prices. Cattle prices definitely have to rally through the winter in order for anything to pencil. Um, 
but uh, the, the key will be the corn market stateside. Uh, again, that December contract in corn, you know, it's moved up into that uh, four and a quarter area. Uh, potentially, we can go higher, but if we do see the soybeans start to break down, it'll pull the corn market down as well. The milling wheat prices here in Western Canada are showing a little bit of weakness. They're pulling back. Uh, there's been more rainfall in the Black Sea region, um, and uh, we've seen the bids on one CWRS 13.5% in that uh, 650 to 675 area. If you've got 12.5%, uh, you can d- discount about 25 cents per bushel overall. Anderson says pulse crops are also showing strong prices. The peas have been uh, doing really well. Uh, we've seen the yellow bids move up into that you know 875 uh, top end bids we've heard at at nine dollars. These, these are long term highs. On, on yellow peas, and they shouldn't be ignored uh, because as soon as the demand, uh, if the demand weakens on the pea market, we'll be down a dollar, dollar fifty in no time. Uh, the greens um, have moved up into that, you know, nine fifty toward ten dollars per bushel area, possibly higher in some locations. But uh, again, uh, we're as good as the demand holds, so the jury's out on that one. At some point, the demand will weaken off, and I think we'll see a pullback in the edible peas. And looking at livestock, Anderson says slaughter cattle prices may have bottomed out. You know, we're still uh, struggling through in the Alberta market on the fats. You know, we've been been sitting in that 133 to 135 a pound range for quite a time. Uh, the cow prices have been uh, under pressure for a few weeks now. Uh, we should be starting to bottom on the cows. They went down below 80 cents a pound. Uh, the butcher bulls as well, you know, they were $1.20 a pound. Now we're, we're down a, below a dollar. Um, we do need this market to start to come back. The wholesale demand for the holiday season should start to spark prices. Uh, we hopefully in December that we'll see a bit of a move up in uh, cattle prices overall. Anderson says the Canadian dollar could move towards 80 cents U.S., particularly if oil prices continue to move up and a COVID vaccine is released. It's- you're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And the Remax Crown Realty Ag Team of Marcel DeCorby and Graham Toth. Online at landforsalesask.ca. The Canadian Food Grains Bank is a partnership of 15 churches and church agencies working together to end hunger. Last Thursday was announced that the Canadian Food Grains Bank has once again been named a top 10 impact charity. The list is compiled each year by Charity Intelligence Canada, an independent monitor. Musu Taylor-Lewis is the Director of Resources and Public Engagement with the Food Grains Bank. For us, it's very exciting because of the repeated recognition, but also because this is an independent group verifying and vetting charities across Canada. They do 750 charities, and they determine that for every dollar, a typical charity, you get $2 in um, benefit back. But when you give to a top 10 impact charity, you get about $7 of impact for the dollar you donate. And so um, to, to have that verified independently is really important to us because it shows that we've proven that we have results and we've given quality data to back up that. And how much money goes out to international development projects? Well, in um, the last uh, budget year, we did uh, $42 million of programs and we be- that benefited 866 
thousand people in 34 countries around the world. Taylor Lewis says Saskatchewan plays a big role in the support. A really big part of Canadian Food Grains Bank. Um, donors in Saskatchewan, we have about 28 growing projects across Saskatchewan, including four that uh, um, grow crops on land around Viterra terminals. So Saskatchewan has played a big part. So, for example, when we were looking to raise money this year for the explosion in Lebanon to help people who were affected by that, 10% of the donations we received came from donors in Saskatchewan. So you've always played a great part in what we do. And uh, our membership, our 15 church members, are really grateful for that support. Taylor Lewis says there's a lot of cooperation among the various church groups. Well, absolutely. For example, when people give to a particular project or they give for a particular you know, emergency, members will often share resources, and that's what we're able to leverage. The other thing is that because we have these 15 church agencies, we're able to respond quite quickly because almost anywhere there's an emergency, we would have a member with a partner already established relationships that they're able to get to the emergency quickly, efficiently, and appropriately, culturally appropriately. Taylor Lewis describes the various projects. It's a combination. So about 65% of our work is for emergency food assistance. You know, people who are affected by conflict, by climate change, so they're experiencing drought conditions or they're escaping fighting in their home countries, like we're seeing on the news around Ethiopia right now. So emergency food assistance going to people in those situations. And then another 35% of our work goes to long-term responses, where we are actually providing things like training in conservation agriculture, that allows people to improve their harvest, to diversify their income sources so that they are able to escape poverty and establish more long-term stability in their um, access to food. Taylor Lewis says money raised by the Food Grains Bank is leveraged through the federal government. Absolutely. So as well as that sort of member cooperation, the money that goes towards emergency food assistance is matched four to one by the Canadian government, um, or is eligible to be matched four to one by the Canadian government, up to $25 million a year. And then often we have other matches. So currently, with our additional COVID uh, response, uh, long-term responses uh, for farmers who might be affected by the lockdown and the pandemic containment measures, we are have a, an emergency agreement with the government of Canada that matches those donations three to one. It doesn't appear the coronavirus has affected the Food Grains Bank growing projects. We have been very, very, very blessed by the generosity of Canadians. They have really responded to our appeals this year. So our donations have stayed high this year. You know, a lot of our most valuable supporters have not been able to put on their annual fundraisers like the Saskatchewan Valley Auction, who's celebrating 40 years. They continue to support, but what they've done, a lot of those um, supporters have done is have sent individual donations straight to us. And so that has kept our donations level high, which is fantastic given the increased need in the world. Musu Taylor-Lewis is the Director of Resources and Public Engagement with the Canadian Food Grains Bank. The organization has been named one of Canada's top impact charities of 2020 by the independent monitor, Charity Intelligence Canada. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall as Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. 
and brought to you by Nelson GM, Assiniboia, and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices at Viterra were showing limited movement in early morning trading. Number one red spring wheat fell a dollar eighty at two thirty three twenty seven. The rest were all unchanged. Durham two ninety three ninety five. Feed barley two oh nine seventy. Flax six ninety three thirty seven. Lentils five ninety four fifty. Oats two hundred six dollars fifty three cents. Yellow peas three thirty four eighty nine. Feed wheat one eighty three seventy two. U.S. futures are closed for Thanksgiving holiday today. Yesterday, Minneapolis spring wheat December futures were down seven cents at five forty-three and a half cent a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the Source six twenty CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. And now the latest quotes. Good afternoon. This is a Yorkton Heartland Livestock Market Report for the week of November 25th sale. A good-sized run here for this time of the year. 2,300 head in the short, 350 cows and bulls. A total of 2,650 for the day. Cows and bulls selling pretty much steady with last week. But these top-end cows, these high-yielding kind of cows, were maybe two cents higher. But overall, pretty much steady. D1, D2 cows, 67 to 72. Sales to 73, 74. D3 cows, 55 to 65. Cows are averaging 64 cents. Good bulls, 85 to 95. Sales to 101. Bulls are averaging 89 cents. On to the pre-sort sale. Some highlights on the steer side. 425-pound steers at 262. 500-pound black steers. There was 92 head in this group. They topped out at 238. 570 pound tan steers at 218. 630 pound steers, 195. My favorite pen, 710 pound red black exotic steers, 187. 780 pound red black exotic steers, 183. And 850 pound steers at 177. Onto the hefters, 425 pound hefter, 220. 500 pounders, 207, 570 pound hefters, 190, 630 pound hefters, 179, 710 pound black hefters at 171. My highlight of the day, 560 pound red Angus steers, they topped out at 210, and 640 pound red black exotic heifers, these were replacement type quality at 178. Last Friday, we had a sheep lamb goat sale, 650 head and one a sale. Listen up. 660 to 80 pound lambs. 290 to 340. And now the latest pork prices. 158.81 per CKG. That's both brand and moose jaw plants. Coming up, the resource report. Org. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Olympic Buildings. See them for ag buildings, riding arenas, hay barns, and more. Build with confidence. Olympic-buildings.ca. The Saskatchewan Ministry of the Environment says with hunting season winding down, hunters are reminded to get their animals tested for chronic wasting disease. 84 cases of chronic wasting disease have already been identified in the province this year. The disease is a fatal infectious central nervous system disease in deer, elk, moose and caribou with no known cure. The information collected through head submission by hunters is vital to understanding the disease impact on wildlife populations in Saskatchewan. So far, more than 1,300 heads have been submitted by hunters. 
Research suggests some areas of North America are seeing population decline in mule deer from chronic wasting disease. The province recommends hunters avoid eating the meat until the test results are completed. No human case of chronic wasting disease has ever been identified. The last day to drop off animal heads for testing is January 21, 2021. Gains in the technology sector led a broad-based rally as Canada's main stock index climbed higher in late morning trading. The TSX Composite Index was up 44 points at 17,357. The increase came as U.S. stock markets were closed for the Thanksgiving Day holiday. The Canadian dollar traded at 76.83 cents U.S. compared with 76.91 cents Wednesday. The January crude oil contract was down 80 cents at 44.91 a barrel. That's the resource report. Stay tuned for the closing grain prices at 1.45 this afternoon and an Agri-News report at 3.45 p.m. Tomorrow morning, there's another Agri-News report at 6.45 a.m. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good fun. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM.